0: Welcome to the 2.9 Podcast with your host, A.K. The Ref, where episodes drop every Wednesday and Sunday evening. On Wednesday's episodes, we talk about sports and entertainment. On the sports side, we can talk about anything from football to pro wrestling and any sport in between. On the entertainment portion, we can talk about movies, TV shows, and events, and anything entertainment related. On Sunday's episodes, we flip the script and do something a little bit different we talk about pro wrestling more specifically how to get started in pro wrestling and how to navigate the waters in the pro wrestling industry so if you're interested in getting involved in pro wrestling or already involved in pro wrestling as it is sunday's episodes are for you with that said thanks for tuning in let's get this show started ring the bell what is up everybody and welcome back to another edition of the 2.9 podcast with your boy aka the ref how is everybody doing on this friday afternoon yes it is friday and you might be wondering why is there an episode on friday well i am trying to play catch up right now and i've been busy with you know a pe job coaching middle school football uh wrestling shows a part-time game day job, game day job with the Chiefs. So I just been busy. I haven't had a lot of time. Every day I get home from practice, it's like I'm just I'm like on the couch ready to go to bed, passed out. And so it's like eat and go to bed. Like I really had no time because we've been having practice every day, not not the weekends, but then I have other stuff going on, on the weekends. Had our first game yesterday which we won. So shout out to the uh, California Trail uh bulldogs you know what I'm saying but I've just been busy so I got some time right now and we're gonna record today we're gonna drop an episode today on Friday and we're gonna kind of make up for uh some missed episodes so today's episode is going to have the sports entertainment along with the pro wrestling stuff I talk about for people that are involved in the pro wrestling and so we'll start off with the pro wrestling stuff then I'm gonna get in some Chris Jones talk and that whole contract Saying that, you know, him wanted a new contract with the Chiefs. And then on the entertainment side, I just watched the Johnny Manziel documentary on Netflix. I just want to give my thoughts and opinions about it and about the whole thing, you know, because that shit was wild. That shit was wild. So let's get us started. I'm not going to keep you here too long. I'm going to keep everything short and sweet and just get to the basic points. And like I say, you know, anytime you want to discuss a topic, you know, often. Off air, you know, you know, hit me up, email me, you know, adam.kennedy85 at gmail.com or, you know, follow the podcast to a Twitter page. I'm not calling it access, still Twitter. Look for uh, the 2.9 podcast on, on Twitter. But yeah, you know, episodes dropping every Wednesday and Sunday normally. I mean, after this episode, I'll have one drop on Wednesday. And then, I mean, this Sunday for the pro wrestling. And then Wednesday, we'll you know, we'll get back into the groove of things. But right now, this is just making up for the last three episodes that didn't get released because, you know, I've been busy. But let's get to it. So we're going to start with pro wrestling, you know. So this is for you. If you're involved in pro wrestling or interested in pro wrestling, you know, these conver- this topic, this conversation is for you. So I know the last two episodes I did about this, uh, one was just about. If you're trying to get, you know, you want get involved in pro wrestling, you want to be a pro wrestler. Like, hot, what's the steps I need to take of finding the right school? I went over that. I went over, you know, training. You know, what the first week, that first day of training is going to be like. Now, I, I want to kind of switch gears a little bit and just talk about like different roles and opportunities that there are in wrestling that you can do besides pro wrestler, and. This is this is for people who want to get involved in pro wrestling, but don't want to do like pro wrestling or it's even for the person that, you know, is training to be a pro wrestler. But maybe they know that, you know, maybe there's like a physical limitation that won't allow them to like get any further. Or maybe you have one of those things where your trainers come to you and be like, hey, man, pro wrestling, you know, the in ring stuff is not for you. And if that's the case that you don't want to be a pro wrestler, but you want to work in wrestling or you are training to be a pro wrestler and it's just not working out because you, maybe you figured it out that like can't do this or your trainers are telling you, hey, maybe look somewhere else. Don't don't sweat it. Don't get down on yourself because there are plenty of opportunities in pro wrestling for everybody if you want to be involved in this business. And that's what I just want to kind of like just go over a few of them. I mean, there's probably many more I don't know about. But just the few I know about. So, like, I could take myself, for example. Like, I wanted to be a pro wrestler ever since I was in, like, fourth grade, right? And I'm a referee now. So, And I started out as a referee. I never went, you know, the full pro wrestling route. Because, like I said, I wanted to be a pro wrestler all my life. And we just get, as I get older, you know, I get into 20s, done playing college football. I'm like, okay, now it's time to pursue this. I didn't know where to go to school. I couldn't find a school. So years just keep passing. I did find a place to go. I paid my money. The place shut down. I was out $400. Uh, keep going. You know, that was probably my, I want to say maybe my mid, early to mid 20s. And then I, I keep, it's like, I don't know if this is ever going to happen, ever going to happen. And then eventually, like I'm 28, 28 years old, I found out that like John Cohn, from Kansas City. WWE referee who's now currently working in talent relations, not roughing no more. But at the time when I found that out, I was like, oh, he's from Kansas City and he referees. And I was like, wait a minute, I could do that. So when I found that out, I just started watching, I I think the next episode of Raw, I just when the matches were on, I just watched the, the referee the entire on all the matches. And I was like, I can do that. And at that time I was like, I'm gonna do that. I'm a referee. That that's my way into wrestling because I love wrestling. I've always wanted to be a pro wrestler, but being that older and like 28, I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I could do that today. even know, if I would have started like when I was like 21, training or something like that, it would have been different. But I'm like 28, going on 29, and I'm like, uh, referee. That's where is it? That that's how I'm gonna do this pro wrestling. I still get to be in the ring. I still get to be a part of the show, and I'm gonna do my job. I'm gonna be the best referee I could possibly be, you know. And that's that's how I'm gonna get into wrestling. And that's what I chose. I chose refereeing because I knew at that age, you know, that part of my life, I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna, I didn't have the mentality to wrestle. Not, I still take bumps, I still trained, I still learned the basics of wrestling, I still take my bumps, but you have to have a different mentality to be a wrestler. And being that older and starting out, I was like, Yeah, no. So I wanna let you know that. All hope is not lost if you are wanting to be a wrestler or you just want to get involved in pro wrestling but don't want to do the wrestling aspect. There are other roles that you can do. One of those, refereeing, because we need good referees. And if you're going to be a referee, I mean, that's a role that, that's a role that if you do in wrestling, it can last a long time because it's not as physically taxing as being a wrestler. Yes, you still get out and you count with your shoulder yeah and over time over years you you know your shoulder was to get to hurting but they've always said like if you want to have a long lasting career wrestling refereeing is where it's at you know if you want to be in that ring aspect so there's refereeing there's also being a manager and you know we're in the day and day and age where you know managers aren't as prominent as they once were like back in like the attitude era and before that but I still think like if you can talk and cut a good promo, I mean, a good heel manager is always needed for somebody because, you know, there's a wrestler out there that maybe is not as good as on the mic and not as good at the promos and or maybe just, just still working on it and have that math. That mouthpiece, because that I was always one one thing I always wanted to do. I still kind of want, I still want to do that. You know, I want to get get with a, a promotion that allow me to be a manager instead of a referee. You know, I would I would love to be a heel manager. I think that would be great. I think I could cut a decent promo, but there's always a manager if you could talk in the mic. You get you got, you got a, a character. There's always a manager. I think if you're good and you could talk to the mic, they'll they'll find a way to use you and put you with somebody uh there's always uh uh ring announcing if you got a good voice you got a good voice you enunciate your words you can be a ring announcer there's always commentary you know color commentary play by play commentary there's hell you can just be on the ring crew like you know be in charge of the ring and learning that aspect of it and learning the aspect of how to set up a ring and then Back, they'll use you if you'd be like, hey, this this person knows how to set up a ring real well. They should be in charge of our ring. They know what they're doing. There's that aspect. There's a away from the in-ring, you know, even a backstage interviewer, you know, they need they need people to do that. Uh, let's get away from like the in-ring stuff and characters. And like I said there's, you know, ring crew stuff like that being and learning how to put the ring together so they can have reliable people. There's also the production side. You know, there's you can be a camera person recording shows. I've met people in wrestling at other shows that have been training, and now I see them handheld camera recording, you know, for different promotions on Fight TV. I mean, that's one way to be a part of wrestling. They need camera people. They need people to record and do a good job of it, you know, whether you're working the handheld cam or the hard cam. Uh there's also people on the production side you know setting up the lights and getting everything ready cuz you know I've done extra work with the uh Impact Wrestling and last one I did when they were in Chicago in July uh they had uh they had the production crew but they also got like do 20 30 extra people to help with the production of setting up the lights setting up the LED board like they had the main company and they had the, their people but they needed more people so there's always that getting You know on the production side of setting up the lights setting up the led board getting all that set up and make sure the sound's good to go make sure the lighting's good to go make sure the led board is working and when it's time to you know working in the back of the truck and making sure every light's working that the way it needs to be because they might have colors or getting set with the pyro Now, i mean they also hey they also need people with that are good with pyro because i'm i'm not sure like what wwe uses As far as their person, their pyro person, but the job I have with the Kansas City Chiefs on game day, you know, we help move the uh, carts out and it's for the pyro for the entrances for when the uh, chiefs come out and they have a guy that has like doctor and like pyrotechnics and he comes in every game home game from Baltimore does the thing? Make sure the pyro is good to go. So, if that's something that floats your boat, that's always the way. Because you know, per, you know, promotion, especially the bigger ones, want to use pyro. So that's always a the way. There's the production side. There's ring crew side. There, there's so many different avenues. You get there's PR. There's social media. Hey, I can help with social media. You know, talk to talk to a booker. Talk to uh. You know, the booker, the promoter about learning the business and learning like booking matches. Maybe they need help. You know, just go talk to one of the wrestling members, ask what they need help with. Learn as much as you can, wear as many different hats as you can, and you'll find your way in pro wrestling. So like I said, if if wrestler doesn't work out and that's what you want to be or, you know, I don't want to do wrestling, but I do want to be involved in the wrestling industry. There are different roles out there for everybody and every promotion needs help with something and get in there and learn as much as you can learn everything from you know how to put a match together how to put the ring together learn the production side learn okay why do we do this why does it do it this way learn as much as you can and you'll be more valuable to a promotion or a company and so that's just my advice for this for this part of the pro wrestling for people involved in pro wrestling or want to get involved like even this is for you like if you want to switch to a different like you may be a, a wrestler and be like you know I'm winding down maybe I want to switch to something else but I don't know what else to or maybe you have been wrestling and it's like this is not working out the way I wanted to oh, let me switch to a different role and that's what you know you always see a lot of wrestlers you know switch to referee and if there's an opportunity And they'd be like, hey, we need a referee. We want to put you there. Jump on that opportunity. But just find there's always different roles. There's something out there for you if you want to be involved in pro wrestling. So with that said, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to jump on the other side with this Chris Jones stuff. So we'll be right back. And we are back here on the two point nine podcast. Thanks to everybody tuning in on a Friday afternoon or whenever you're listening to this. I really do appreciate it. So we gonna keep this ball moving right along. So I want, I kind of, want to get into this Chris Jones situation. If you don't know what the situation is, Chris Jones is in the final year of his contract. That he's, I think he signed about three years ago. So it was a four year contract. You know, he's making twenty million dollars a year and. And last season, you know, he, he, had, he had a great, great fucking season. What do he have? About 15 sacks last year, 12, 15 sacks, you know, Super Bowl. You know, he he made a big play in the AFC Championship game against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. And, you know, he had been talking that, you know, after this past season, you know, he wants a new contract. And, and I can't blame him. You know, he, he took a little bit less money on his first contract. Now he wants to get that back. And growing up, uh, as a kid, always be like, why are players like that? I always hear adults talking about, like, well, players need to go play. If I, if I could play in the NFL, I'd take whatever money they give me. And I was like, yeah, they need to take whatever money they can get. I mean, they, they get offered. And as I got older, I'm like, well, this, this is the NFL. This is a business. It is a ruthless business. And they will cut your ass in a heartbeat if you're not producing. And as I got older, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm for the players getting what they can, get the bag, get the money, however they can, you know. But do it, do it in a smart way. That's not going to affect you from, from making dumb decisions or having bad advice. But I'm all for players getting their money, and I'm all for Chris Jones trying to get his bag, trying to get his big deal. Since he took a team friendly deal on his, his current contract. He wants to get back, and I can't blame him. And I get where the Chiefs are coming from. You know, I, I understand both sides. I get the Chiefs don't want to spend all this money. You know, they're, they're willing to pay him, but they don't want to spend. They don't want to. They have a number in mind that they're set at that helps, allows them. You know, we sign him, we can allow us to sign some other players. They don't want to go over that number. And as a team, you got to think like, there's a salary cap that, you know, and like I said, everybody on every team can't. Everybody on every team can't get paid, the big players. And so those some of those players will have to leave and go get paid by another team. So the situation is he wants a new contract, and he wants Aaron Donald money. Aaron Donald's making like $31 million a year. He, he wants 30, 31. And so far we're in the standoff. He hasn't gotten in. The Chiefs haven't budged. And, uh, I mean, the Chiefs have been talking that they want Chris Jones here. Chris Jones has even said that he wants to be a Chief for life. He wants to finish out his career here and retire a Chief. And so, there's always that thing, you know, where players shouldn't say things like that. If they want to get money, they shouldn't say things like, I want to be with this team. I want to be this team for life or whatever. Those are things you shouldn't say as a player. But he has said it. The Chiefs have said they want him here. And it's just about... Finding a number that works for both of them, and right now, all I know is that Chris Jones wants Aaron Donald money, which is thirty one dollars, thirty one million dollars a year, and he wants an actual thirty one million dollars a year. He doesn't want to a contract that says, "Oh, you're getting paid thirty one million a year," but it's not really thirty one million dollars. He wants an actual thirty one million dollars a year, and the Chiefs so far don't want to give him that, and he's. He said he was going to hold out, and he held out all of training camp. And before even training camp started, you know, he's been posting on Twitter cryptic tweets i mean there was one like last month where he says i i love you can't sit here like I, I don't care at first it was funny and then it got to a point and then there was like he even liked a tweet where somebody said hey chris jones you look good in the silver black he liked that tweet he had like instagram posts or twitter posts of michael bay and you know just just trolling and but at the same time he he's still working out he's still staying in shape and you know, he's doing all this trolling, but then I think it got to a point to where it got like, oh, fuck, this shit is like serious. Like, there was somebody tweeted that was like, why are you passing up on all this money or whatever? Somebody tweeted at him something about that. And then Chris Jones responded that I got enough money to hold out to week eight. And then that's, that's when it really hit like, damn, he's really gonna hold out that long. And here's my, here's my thing on it. Like, I get holding out at training camp, but. We're a week, we're less than a week from the season opener that the Chiefs play in against the Detroit Lions. And here here's my thing. I I get that he wants the 31, but I don't think the Chiefs are gonna give it to him. And if you really look at it, the Aaron Donald contract is a little bit overpriced because he was going to retire and the Rams still wanted him. And so they just overpaid. So really, I mean, we're looking, that's not really what he's worth. They just had to overpay to keep him because they still wanted him on the team and he wanted to retire. So of course, if that's the case, like we want you on the team, we're going to retire. So I don't think you really look at the Aaron Donald contract as the go-to. Maybe, well, I don't even know. I haven't looked at what the s- second highest paid, you know, defense lineman is, but it's probably, what is that? 28, 29 million. So I think he's getting bad advice from his agents. I don't know if this eventually he's got to take responsibility. Even if he's getting bad advice, he's gonna say, No, hey, we're gonna do this. With, we can sign it at this number. I think he, I truly think he wants, he, I truly believe he wants that 31 million and that's his number. And I don't think he's, I think that's all on him because if it is advice from his agents, This bad advice because now we are less than a week from the season opener and he still hasn't reported and I just saw a picture on his Instagram story of him smoking a cigar in a pool so I really believe he's going to hold out as long as he can and right now it's looking like he would hold out to week eight so and I truly believe he that's him is making this decision of I want thirty one million I took. I took a discount for my first big contract. Now, I want my bag. And I can't blame him, but there's a way to go about it. I think, like, holding out training camp, I get. He should have shown. If it was me giving him advice, I'd be like, okay, Chris, what do you want? I'd talk with him as an agent and be like, okay, you want 31. Okay. Go to the Chiefs, be like, hey, this is what my client wants. They counter and be like, no, that's not good enough. He's steadfast at this. I would tell him, hey, look, if we get to the third, by the time it's the week of the third preseason game, show up to camp, just do one of those things, you know, do the injury like, I can't go, be there so you're not continuing to get in fined, because every day he misses practice, he's getting fined 50 grand, and right now we're like a million in fines, so it's just, it's just like, it's, now it's just like snowballed, maybe the and there's blame to go on both sides, on Chris Jones' side and the Chiefs' side. Maybe they misread the situation. You know, if they would have known, like, oh, he's steadfast, that he wants this $31 million a year, maybe you could have traded him before the draft started this past season. But now, right now, a trade is out of the question. Now it's just a matter, is he going to hold out to week eight? Is he going to sh- show up? You I mean, maybe hold out just two games. I really don't see how it benefits him to hold out to week eight, because now he's getting fined. He's now he's missing game checks, and that's more money that's going to be built up on those fines. So, but I would have told him, like, if you don't get 31 million by the time it's just the week of the third preseason, show up, you know, say, Oh, my knee hurts or my leg hurts or whatever. Do one of those things and just say, and just be like on the pup list and be like, Well, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna stay hurt until I get my money, something like that. Because at least you're not getting fined. And lose out a whole bunch of money. But, uh... And, like, this whole thing, like, there's been no, like, reports. I mean, the only reports that have been out there are saying that he wants Aaron Donald money. I have no idea what the Chiefs have offered him at all. That hasn't come out, leaked out from any, any rap report. You know, Adam Schefter hasn't leaked any information. I have no idea what the Chiefs have offered. I have no idea where they a apart is like how far apart they are you know what their holdup is is it the 31 million a year is it the guaranteed money how many years i mean um up front am like signing bonus you know at signing how much you let i have no earthly idea and usually you hear that number like oh this is what the cheese you know what the other team is offered but We haven't heard that at all. We haven't heard like where they're stuck at. We just know that they're stuck. There hadn't been like a couple weeks ago, there hadn't been no communication. Brett Veach talked the other day and said, you know, there's been some communication. He's optimistic. Of course, the GM is going to be optimistic about it, but I don't know where they're stuck at. To me, I think Chris Jones should show up now so he doesn't continue to miss money, play out his contract, and then go free agency next year and get the bag. Because the Chiefs can't franchise him. Because if they do, they're looking at like $30 million on the books at the time of the franchise tag. And that doesn't get moved off if, in, until you trade him. So Chris Jones holds the power if he shows up right now, plays the first game, and has a great season like he did last year. He's going to get that back from somebody else. Because the Chiefs can't franchise him with, for that much money. So if, But if he holds out to week 8, I, he's... He's, he's hurting himself because if he holds out to week eight, say he shows up week eight, the week of the week eight game, whatever I, around, let's say he shows up October 1st, right? That's like the Jets game. He's not going to play that game. He's still got to get in the football shape. And so he might play a little bit the following week. So if he comes in like the, the second week, he'll play. He won't play that first week he comes in, but he'll play that second week. He probably won't play the whole game because he still won't be in that football conditioning shape. Like you could do all the conditioning in the world outside the football, but you got to get used to running with pads on and playing a game and going game speed. And you can't get that just because you're doing conditioning somewhere else and granted they said he looks in great shape and i've seen pictures yes he look he looks in great shape but it's a difference between that type of conditioning and being in shape and being football cardio conditioning so by that time like yeah he'll play that second week after he's been back but then he's not gonna play a lot so he's probably not gonna be at as, as as effective he'll get he'll play more the following week and then probably by that you know, third game, he's back. He'll be playing. He'll be getting to where he needs to be. But here's the thing with that: that you're risking. Say, say he does hold out until week eight, and he comes back, reports that Monday of of the week eight game, right? Or Wednesday, probably. you probably report Wednesday because that's when like practice actually begins. Because Monday's usually watch film, do treatment. Tuesday off, and then come in Wednesday of week eight. He shows up, right? So it's gonna take him at least three. He's not gonna play that week. Week nine, he'll play a little bit, not a lot, cause he's still getting in football shape. Week ten, he's playing more. He's probably starting. I don't know how effective he he's gonna be, and then it'll probably be week what. When you said 9, 10, week 11 before, you know, he's becoming effective again. Because like I said, he's got to get into that football shape. And it's not the same just because you're running and staying in shape. It helps, but you still got to have them some weeks to get ready. So by week 12, so he'll have week 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, week 18. So he'll have about, what, seven weeks to show what he can do. And let's say he doesn't have an effective season those last seven weeks. Let's say he's just, those. The, I'm talking about not from the week eight he showed up, but the last seven weeks where I feel like you have a couple weeks and then boom, we're going full speed from there. Now he's back to playing shape. So you have about seven weeks of full push down starting. He's ready to go. Now I'm not counting those weeks where it takes him a little bit to get you know, his setting, you know, his footing to where he needs to be. So you have a good seven weeks if you show week eight, right? You have a good seven weeks, seven, six weeks, something like that. And But let's say he doesn't play up to par those seven weeks. I'm not saying, like, he has going to have, like, ten sacks because, you know, he's missed half the season. But let's just say those last seven weeks of the season, like, he's just not up to par. You know, he's not playing, did it? Was it him holding out all through training camp in the preseason, in the first eight weeks of the season? Is that affecting him? Or is he declining? And that's going to that's gonna hurt you if you're not playing up to par and making plays later in the season and in the playoffs. And that's going to hurt you in free agency when you're like, I want that back. And teams are like, well, we saw what you looked like the last, when you showed up. Half week, week eight, we showed, we saw what you look like, and yeah, we took a couple of those weeks to. We didn't watch those films where your first couple of weeks of back, but we watched after that, and you just weren't like the Christian Jones, and we're nobody's gonna pay you what you want that Aaron Donald money. So, but if he shows up after week eight and dominates, yeah, he'll get the money. But it's also if he shows up week eight after, you know, shows up week eight doesn't dominate. You hurt yourself. You're not going to get the $31 million. And it would have been best if taking what the Chiefs offered you, which I don't know what they've been offering. I've heard numbers, but I haven't heard anything exact. He wants 31. I don't know if they're offering him like 25, 26, or 27. I have no idea. But I think just holding out to week eight. In the end, when players hold out that long, it never works out for them. I mean, Le'Veon Bell tried it. That didn't work out for him. When players try holding out like a full season or half a season, it just it doesn't work out in their favor because now I don't know what it is. It's like a numbers game. Like you don't have a lot of time. Like you've missed all the training camp. You're trying to get back in football shape as quick as possible and play out these last half of the season, trying to put on a good show. So people say, Hey, look, yeah, he did play good. He's gonna get that contract. You are putting a lot of pressure on yourself as opposed to just Okay, I'll show up the last week of training camp before the last preseason game. That'll give me two weeks to get in football shape, you know, and give me that week and the following week. And then we're game week and I'll be ready to go. And then, yeah, it might take you a minute, but at least you have that whole season to show what you can do, as opposed to, like, I show up week eight, I have a limited of time. I have to get ready very fast, and I could get hurt. As opposed to, like, if you show up, you know, earlier on, like, before training camp's over, even if you get hurt, you got time to heal and whatnot and still go out and produce a long season. But showing up week eight, you are really putting yourself behind the eight ball. So I, I really think he should just report next week, Show up, you'll miss the first game, you won't get fined, you won't play, but I don't don't know how that will work if him getting a game check, I think he still will because he showed up, he'll be there, he just won't play because he won't be ready, and then you'll get back to play in the next week, and then by week three, week three, week four, he should be good to go fully on, and then you have like a lot more games than showing up week eight to show what you can do and then get your money in the next, the next year, whether it's The Chiefs or a new team, which I think if he plays out the season, has a good season, I think he's on a new team next year because I don't think the Chiefs are going to offer him that $31 million. But in in my opinion, my advice, I think Chris Jones should just show up now, report, play out the season, get that bag next year. And it will probably be on the new team. But if you go out here and rock it, win another championship, have a good season, you're going to get that back from somebody. Somebody's going to give you that money. So that would be my advice to call Chris Jones. It's just been wild. And like, I'm not really upset at it or mad at it, like mad at him or the mad at the Chiefs. Like, I get it. It's a business. And Chiefs got to do what's best for them. Chris Jones has got to do what's best for him. I, I don't really know if it affects the players or not, like... If it was me on the team, I'd be like, I get it. Like, hey, go get your money, bro. Whoop we'll, I mean, we're going to go play ball. We're going to go ball out. But when you're here, we're going to welcome you in with the open arms. And, like, we're going we gonna to do what we do and try win another championship. Uh, As far as, like, the coaches, like, I don't know if, like, Andy Reid's mad, like, about it. Like, I really don't know. Like... I know it probably upsets Andy Reid as a head coach, like I want my players here. Like technically Chris Jones is under contract. I think that gets lost in the shuffle. Chris Jones is under contract. It's not like he's not under contract. He's under contract. It's not like he's franchised that he still has one year left on his contract. And I get it. Like he wants to get that bag because he because if he gets injured, like even if he shows up and gets injured. I mean, that's gonna hurt him, even if he has a great season, it's still gonna hurt him because the team's gonna be like, Well, you're you're a year older now and you had that you got that injury. We missed like three or four games, even though you had a great season, we'll offer you this and that was, but you're not you're not getting this. So I mean, I, I get it and I'm not mad at anybody in the situation. Like, I'm not even worried about it. Like the tweet the tweet things was funny, but then saying to the fan, like, I got enough money held out to week eight, I'm like, damn. Really, I would just I just wouldn't argue back and forth on Twitter with the fans. At first, like the trolling was fun. It was like, oh, um I don't even care no more right now. Like we got a game on Thursday to open the season whether Chris Jones is there or not. That would be my focus as a player, as a coach. As a fan, like I'm not really like worrying about when's Chris Jones gonna show up. There's fifty-three guys on that roster right now that are gonna show up and show out on Thursday and show why they are the defending Super Bowl champs. And so that's what I'm really worried about. When Chris Jones shows up, he shows up, you know. Whenever this happens, whenever they get this situation or if he does hold out to week eight, I feel like we would know, like, after, if he misses week one and then if it, and misses week two, I, I'll, he'll probably show up week eight, really. I'll be like, oh, he's showing up week eight. But if he reports next week, nobody's going to care. Nobody cares. I mean, I'm not, like I said, I'm not worried about it. Like, I'm not like, he needs to show up. We need Chris Jones. Yeah, I want Chris Jones. Yeah, I think we need him. But I don't know. To me, it's like next man up. And, you know, Karlofkas and Dikway and Zama's got to make plays. And the defense, the rest of the defense got to make plays. And we still got 15 on the offense. So, I'm not really worried. I'm not going to stress too much about it. He shows up when he shows up. And that's just my take on the whole Chris Jones situation. So... I mean, uh, one more thing about that. I mean, if I was a cheese, I would just offer him, like, 28. Like, I think they should just meet in the middle. I Whatever. The cheese probably offering him 25, a year, 26, and he wants 31. Just meet at 28. Let's get this done. I mean, I don't understand, like, what is there to, like, talk about anymore. But somewhere, somewhere, one of them has to budge. I think they both need to budge a little and just meet in the middle. Like, 28, 28 and a half, 29? Can we get to that now? I think 28 would be a great number. 28, actually an actual $28 million a year would be a great number. I think that she's going to work with that. I think Chris Jones, you know, still be one of the highest paid defensive, you know, tackles in the league. But if he wants that 31, he's going to hold out and he wants it. Like, I can't blame him. I can't say you're wrong. Maybe the way you're going about it is wrong. I would, You should have showed up last week before the third preseason game. Or maybe you showed up before that so you can get some playing time. But you're going to do what you're going to do. I'm not really worried about it. We got a game Thursday. So that's all I got on the Chris Jones situation. We're going to take a quick break. And we'll be right back. Back here on the 2.9 podcast, it's your boy AK The Ref. Thank you for tuning in today on this Friday afternoon, or whenever you're listening. I know we've been a few episodes behind, but we're going to finish this out with a little bit of a entertainment portion of the 2.9 podcast. So, I just recently, this a couple days ago, watched the Johnny Manziel documentary on Netflix. That shit blew my fucking mind like i really had no interest in watching it like i was like okay johnny menzel we we've already we already know he went down the shitter he blew his whole nfl career whatever whatever but then i saw like i was watching the trailer i was like clicking on we were trying to find something to watch i just clicked on the trailer and he was talking showed like a flip and i was like you wanna watch this we'll watch it Bro, that shit blew my fucking mind And if you don't know who Johnny Manziel is, he is a quarterback that played in, what, Texas A&M. I I don't even remember what year. And then he won the Heisman as a freshman, the only freshman at that time, never been a freshman at that time ever in the history of college football to win a Heisman. He won the Heisman his freshman year. You know, he beat Alabama. You know, he was Johnny, and they called him Johnny Football. And then... He left after his sophomore year, got drafted by the Cleveland uh, Browns in, in round one, and just it went all downhill from there. It, like, high school, you go up, he was on top of his pedestal at college, and then when he got to the NFL, it just went down. And, like, if you've, if you've pre-watched in the not have seen in the documentary before, you just think Johnny Menzel just fucked up his football career, fucked up his life, and couldn't handle the, the fame and the – all that that came with it And all the responsibilities After watching The documentary on Netflix Uh I got a different opinion about Johnny Menzel Like before I was just like This dude like just fucked it all up But now after watching it, I'm like Man he he had like He had like Mental Like he had mental issues and I just Like Yeah, he had, like, a mental issue, or, as my wife said it, like, he had had an obsessive behavior, and he just wanted to party, and when he partied, he went really fucking hard, and that's, I think that, like, watching that, I think that's, like, one of the reasons he just played football, like, he was good at it, but he didn't love it, he just played it because he wanted to play, win games, and then go party. And that was a way for him to, like, get access to this. And then, like, at one point, like, he's, like, hanging out with LeBron James. He's hanging out with Drake. He's hanging out with all these celebrities. And he liked that. And then, like, if you watch it, like, after that game where they beat Alabama's, like, when really the Johnny football fucking craze went off. And, like, he's talking... As now, like back then, when that happened, he's like, "This is fucking nuts. I don't fucking like this. Like fame and success. Like he just wanted to party and hang out with celebrities. Like he didn't like the like the camera and all the people and wanting all the attention. Like he didn't like all that. And I was like, well, that's that's interesting. Like like you, I don't think he really knew with that much success was gonna come all this craziness." And so, like, I got a new take on Johnny Menzel about, like, okay, like, he just wanted to party. He wanted to play football because he was good at it. He wanted to do what he wanted to do. He, he was going to go party party hard and live life to the fullest and then go play football and have a ball. And, he you know, he wanted to make money, but I don't think he wanted the – he didn't want the fame. And that shit don't happen. I mean, when you become that successful and you do shit like beat Alabama – like shit's gonna come out and you're your program your fans and you're gonna have fans like like where are all these people come from he didn't like that he said like he was walking out from the locker room trying to find his parents he couldn't find his parents because it was like a mob after they beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa he was like I don't like this and I think like I don't know maybe he had like anxiety about it he's like I don't I don't like all this, like, I don't don't like all this pressure. I just want to play football, have a good time, party, hang out with cool people, hang out with these celebrities. Like, I don't want this pressure of being a leader or having this fame and having me everywhere. Like, I don't want to go speak. I don't want to do interviews. And like, I get that. Like sometimes people, much of those football players out there and major league baseball players and basketball players and actors and actresses that just want to do what they think because they enjoy this and they love it and they just want to do this because they're good at it and they don't want all the other bullshit. They don't want to meet with the media. They don't want to shake hands. They don't want to sign up. They just want to do this and go about their business. And I can understand that. Like, when that one moment, you're just like playing football, you're doing your thing and then it all changes like that and a sudden it's like, oh, fuck, what the fuck? I don't want all this fucking shit. Like, I don't want all this. And You know, he just had a very destructive behavior as my wife said like it was an obsessive behavior to go party fucking one hundred thousand percent and just go get lit to the fullest because that documentary is fucking wild of how well, uh he was like hungover during walkthrough and Chris Kingsbury was telling him to like well, you better fucking go out there and win this fucking and then go out there and win the game and it's like he never watched film. Like it just blew my fucking mind. I mean I could just imagine like he had so much talent Just imagine if, like, he didn't, like, have issues or he knew how to deal with them better or if he had, like, a better team around him or a group of people that could help him through these navigationing through these waters like that. If he could have, like, put work ethic in and watched him, like, he could have been a dangerous quarterback, you know, getting to the NFL, especially if you have a coach that's, like, we're going to build this offense around you and help you succeed at what you do best. And if he's putting in that work, watching film and able to handle these issues... And not be able just to go like, I'm going to go party. Fuck you guys. I'm going to go drink all night and then I'll come play football. Like, if he could just like, like I said, it's okay to go party. But he was going like, party to like, there was no tomorrow. It's okay to go out and drink and party every, you know. Don't do it during the season. Do that do that shit. No, obviously, but be smart about it. But like how his agent was Trying to get him up the draft board because, like, when he was coming out, like, no teams was like, "We don't want Johnny Menzel. We, we, we're not, no. But then him and his agents, you know, got this plan. It's like, you're not gonna drink, you're not gonna do drugs, you're gonna work out every day, you're gonna get your, your stats up, and then when you go to the combine, you're gonna fucking, you're gonna interview well, you're gonna, gonna do all this shit well, so teams will be like, yeah. But then, the <laughs> before the combine he going to talk to interviews and get drugged as he he, he broke and it's like oh, I gotta. he couldn't just wait one day like his agent was saying like he couldn't wait one fucking day just did not and so it blew my mind the story his agent came up was like okay because he, he took some drugs i don't know if he smoked weed or whatever he took some drugs he was like i fucked up his agent was like okay this is what we're gonna do Call your dad, tell him to fake some chest pains tell him you're going to be late to the combine because you're dealing with that. And he said he was just like drinking water, 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 because that's the one way the master drug tests. is you got to flush it out through your system. Flush it out. So he just he's drinking water. I guess they got to the combine, you know, he did the interviews. He they said he got they just said he got like drug tested like three or four times by you know, three, four different teams. He passed the drug test and he did well at the interviews. And that that shit just blew my mind. Not that he passed the drug test, but then his agent was like, call your dad and tell him to fake test pains. And that's why you're late to the combine. Like, that. It's not the shit that, like, he took some drugs. He's drinking all this water to try to pack. It's that they created that, fabricated that story. All that blew my mind. And what was the other one? The pro day. The pro day, the night before Johnny and the wide receivers go out, get drunk, have a good time. Johnny shows up to pro day. Wide receivers aren't there. to ask asking, hey, where's the wide receivers? Well, they're, they're hungover in their room. And then the agent's telling the story on the documentary that he had a lineup at wide receiver, and Johnny Menzel's lawyer had a lineup at wide receiver to catch passes. And then they were, like, asking Johnny how it went, and Johnny's like, yeah, it went great. I'm like, shit blew my fucking mind. Like... I didn't know that at the time. I don't think I was paying that close attention at that time. But listening now, that shit blew my fucking mind that his agent and lawyer had to run routes at Johnny Menzel's pro day. Shit, it was fucking wild. And then the other part, back when he was in college, and uh, he was like, I need to make some money. And this conversation's for another day, but college athletes should have been allowed to make as much money as they fucking want fucking years ago. So fuck the NCAA. That's all I got to say on that. That's another fucking conversation for another day. But now, it's not even a conversation for another day because we have the NIL money name, image, likeness. So, but if, I'm, I might have that conversation of saying that Reggie Bush should have his fucking Heisman Trophy the NCAA about that. But, about. Back to Johnny Menzel making money. And then, like, him doing the autograph signings and all those autograph sessions and stuff and making money. Like, I don't blame him. Like, I would have done the same fucking thing. But it was wild when it got to it about him being investigated and his best friend kind of taking the fall for it in a way. And then uh, his best friend, Nate, coming up with the story. Like, I want to tell people... This is a story. We'll tell people, tell the media, we'll tell the NCAA that your family comes from money and they have oil and they're wealthy. Bro. Fucking news media, the sports talk people, the news media, ran with that. all oh, His 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 family has money on the oil business and they bought that up because I was talking to somebody from work about, I watched the Johnny Manziel documentary and they were like, they were crazy because they were like, "I, well, I thought he had money. I thought his family had." money. no, they made that whole fucking story up, and fucking everybody bought it. I'm like, that's the type of shit that blew. That blew my mind from it. The whole fucking his dad telling his telling him and tell his dad to fake chest pains so he could be late to the combine, so he can just drink more water to try to flush the drugs out of the system, and then his lawyer and his agent running routes at pro day because the other wide receivers were hungover. And then the whole thing about him being hungover during walkthrough and then him going out and winning a football game. That shit blew my fucking mind. I was like, God, this is fucking nuts. And then how, like, thinking back then, like, Johnny Manziel is just fucking up. Like, he just doesn't, he doesn't know how to handle this fame and fortune and starting quarterback and being the face of the franchise. And then when you're watching the documentary, he's explaining, like, I just wanted out. I didn't want to play football no more. I didn't want to do this. He just wanted out. He was like, I'm going to get this money. I got money. I'm going to go party. I don't give a fuck. And then he was talking about he went to Vegas. He went to go party. He couldn't get a flight back to Cleveland. And so he was just doing self-destructive behavior because he wanted out. He didn't want to play football. Like, he didn't have a love for the game. Yes, he was very fucking talented at football. But if you don't have that passion for it, you don't want to take that next step. Like not for you so i mean he probably could have found a different way out and just be like he could have just retired and be like i'm gonna retire But i don't know if you get to keep the money like that if you retire but he was like i want a way out and this was my way out i was gonna find a way out i was gonna go downhill and i didn't care because i didn't want to play football no more so watching that whole documentary it gives me like a new perspective on johnny manzel like as a person like Think you know he has some mental issues he has like excessive behavior but it seems that he's in a good place right now which is good and you know i know like i had read i had i wanted to find out what he was still doing so i looked it up and he's like he has a he has his own bar in arizona and, you know he has a podcast and he's playing football in the fan control football league but now i was reading like he really didn't want to he was playing one year but now he's playing again this year but he's like as a player coach, so he doesn't have to play as much. Cause he was like he was saying, like he played the one year in the fan control football. He's like I didn't want to really play, but now he's like a player coach on one of the teams on the Zappers, and so he doesn't have to have as much pressure. Cause I don't think he likes having that pressure on him of like, oh, I got to lead this team. I, I some people just don't want it. And, it, and it's okay. Like it doesn't make him any less of a person. Like we're not gonna sit here and you know just talk shit because he doesn't can't handle that pressure. A lot of people can't, or a lot of people just don't want it. They're just like, I don't want, I don't want this. Like it, it'd be different if he could just go out there and just play football and not be the face of the franchise and not have to talk to the media and just go play football and not have to put on all this work and just play based off pure talent. But that's not the way it works in the NFL. So I'm not gonna sit here and say Johnny Manziel is a fucking you know loser or whatever no like I, get, I got a newfound respect for him now i i thought he's was, he was entertaining as fuck to watch in college but like after watching this i got a new perspective i got a new respect i was like he knew like he didn't want this i mean yeah he could have probably found a different out but at that time he's young like he just came out of college as a sophomore so what he's like 1920 he's like 20 years old not even t- 21 maybe He's still a you're still a kid at that age. You still got that mindset. Like you haven't matured, so but I'm 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 yeah, I'm glad he's doing good. You know, he's in a better place. It's it's kind of fucked up that him and his friend don't talk anymore, and his friend took the fall, like when he said he was announcing that he's going to the draft. And they haven't spoke since that happened. Because his friend took the fall for like all the shit that happened of him taking money, him doing all this partying. And so, but it could have just been one of those things like, hey, you take the fall. We'll still be friends. We just can't be seen together in public. Like, you can still be friends, fucking hang out in private. You have to cut them off completely. So, I I mean, I mean, I hope that him and his friend Nate can, like, rekindle that friendship and be, like, friends again and hang out. Like, that's just something that you just got to talk out. But, I mean, I get it, but they still can just be like, hey, I still got you. You need anything, call me. We can still hang out in private. We don't have to hang out publicly. I, you can hang. You can do stuff behind closed doors. You know what I'm saying. But that Johnny Menzel documentary is fucking blew my mind. It's fucking wild. And if you haven't watched it, you gotta fucking watch that shit. It blew my fucking mind. And now I gotta go watch the other one about the uh, Florida football team. That shit's gonna blow my mind. The characters they had on that team with Tim Tebow and Aaron Hernandez and everybody. Bro, Aaron, Aaron, yeah, you know Aaron Hernandez, but yeah. But uh, I'm going to watch that one next, and I might hear my take on that. Johnny Manziel document, documentary blew my mind. I can just imagine what that one's going to do. But you know what it is. That's it for today. I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Is there anything you want to talk about or off-air or keep continuing this conversation about either. Or- one of these three topics and you know the pro wrestling about the different roles the chris jones situation or the johnny menzel documentary or if you have another documentary you should suggest to me i prefer like sports documentaries because they're great because i'm a sports person but email me adam.kennedy85 at gmail.com hit me up on twitter the 2.9 podcast you know we are on twitter x whatever the fuck you want to call it that's all i am right that's That's all that there is right now is where the uh, social media for the podcast is on Twitter. So hit me up on there. You know what to say. But I hope you have a great Labor Day weekend. Enjoy the rest of your evening. With that said, it's your boy AK The Ref. I'm out. Peace.